Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Ratchet Book Club, fuck this book. Running game, Jaden. Jaden walked into the school after a week of suspension with a new attitude. Tony was still out sick, but said the pencil stabbing was an accident, and neither Jaden nor Majesty knew why. After the conversation with her mother, Jaden decided to do what she had to to take care of herself and her sister, even if Majesty didn't want her to. The moment she got to her locker, she saw a familiar face. It was Zion, one of Shaggy's boys, and he was looking at her hard. Are you going to keep looking or come over here and speak to me? I wasn't sure if that was you at first. The last time I saw you, you was at McDonald's and looked, I mean, fucked up. Jaden laughed. It's amazing what a little money and backing could do for a girl. No doubt, he said, but the difference is crazy. Girls change, she said, leaning up against her locker, flashing him her pretty smile. She saw her sister Majesty walk past her and did everything in her power not to look in her direction. She made a decision that if Majesty didn't want the relationship, she wouldn't force it on her. So, you still with my man Shaggy? 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 Raggy? She asked as if she didn't know him. Who that? He laughed and said, yeah, aight. He the nigga who fed your ass the day I met you. Oh, that nigga, she joked. I was so busy looking in your face that I didn't even notice him, she smiled. Don't be selling me wolf tickets. The fuck is a wolf ticket, she laughed. Jaden was enjoying the conversation greatly. It's a joke my mom say all the time. Well, trust me, I ain't selling you nothing you don't want to buy, she said seductively. For some reason, being responsible for herself gave her more confidence. I didn't know you went to Friendly. It's my last year, and I'm just going now because I make money here. Doing what? Selling weed, he boasted. As they were talking, Jaden saw five girls walking up the hall in her direction. They wore real raunchy-looking clothes and were loud. Immediately, a light bulb went off in her head. Well, I gotta go. What's your name again? Jaden asked. Zion. So, Zion, you said you sell smoke, but what else you got? Ecstasy, too. Why? I want to buy some weed and some e-pills off you, she said, keeping her eyes on the girls. They were real loud at their lockers, and it was clear they were trying to get everyone's attention. She hoped they didn't walk away before she had a chance to introduce herself to them. I ain't know you get down. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. Yet, she smiled, looking into his eyes. Now, Mr. Zion, can you help me or not? How much you need? As much as you can give me. I can give you whatever you need. You keep talking to me like that. You're going to make me think you want to take care of me or something. Maybe I do. 
Let's do this. Bring the weed and the pills by this hotel, she said, writing the name and address on a piece of notebook paper from her book bag. Tonight at about 6 p.m. Let's talk about it then. Zion got excited and said, I'll do that. When he was gone, she walked up to the girls and said, Excuse me, would y'all happen to know where I can get some pills from? The main girl of the group had a tattoo on her wrist that said passion. She said, damn, how you just going to walk up to us and ask us some illegal shit like that? She laughed. Yeah, what we look like, another girl said. Y'all look like y'all want to have fun and not all stuck up like some of these other bitches around here. Passion looked at her friend and said, sounds to me like you got us down pat. They all laughed. I figured as much, Jaden said. Well, new girl, you were just talking to the nigga who could hook you up with some pills. At least that's where I get my shit from. Damn, I should have asked y'all before he tried to holler, Jaden said, trying to push her naivety deep inside. She wanted to seem as real as possible to them. The way that nigga was smiling all up in your face, you're not going to have no problem getting what you need, she said, giving one of her friends a five. You should have pushed off on that for real. Zion's cute ass is paid. The way he was acting, I'm sure he's going to be sniffing behind my ass later, but I ain't about to chase no nigga. Anyway, the name's Jaden, she said, extending her hand. Passion shook it along with the other four girls. What's y'all's? I'm Passion. This Foxy, she said, pointing to a cute girl with short gold hair. This Nana, she continued pointing to a girl mixed with Asian and African American. This is Gucci, she added, pointing at a girl with long, stringy black weave. And this is Queen, she ended, speaking of a girl with a scraggly-looking bob. What Jaden noticed immediately was that they all looked like she used to, like they needed something to somebody. She didn't know why she could pick up on such insecurities since she had just made a come up herself, but she did. Y'all live around here? Jaden asked. Yeah, we live up the street. And you? Gucci asked with a slight attitude. Jaden knew she'd be the toughest to get through to. She wasn't going to tell him she was living in a hotel. So she decided to use the house she hated to her advantage. I live in Concord Mansion. The girl's eyes widened, and they seemed to be excited that someone so fly was keeping conversation with five wannabes. When she saw the gleam in their eyes, she knew she had them exactly where she wanted them. When Jaden got back to her hotel, she saw someone sitting in a car waiting on her. She saw his face before and tried to run into her motel room, but Jace had Kevin and Anthony chase her. When he walked up to him, he said, let her go. They did. I'm not going to hurt you, but we need to talk. Can I come in? There was something about him that comforted her, and she allowed him inside her room. Kevin went in with them while Anthony guarded the front door. Don't be afraid. I said I'm not going to hurt you, Jay said. And if I have my way, nobody will. Well, what do you want with me? You kind of scare me. I want the truth. Are you Harmony Phillips' daughter? Feeling like she didn't have anything to lose, she told the truth. Yes, she's my mother. Jay swallowed and said, who's your father? I don't know. I mean, my mother said it might be this guy named Callie who's living in our house now. So Callie does live in a house with you? Yes. Do you know him? Jace looked at Kevin and said, yes, I do. Can you tell me what you want from me? Did my mother do something wrong to you, and now you want to take it out on me? I don't know about Callie, but I might. 
I might be your father. How? Me and your mother used to date back in the day. She told me she was pregnant, but my life was heavy back then and we lost contact. He said, feeling bad for not being in our lives, even if it wasn't his fault. But I need to know if you and your sister are my daughters, and I need you to help me find out. But why? Why do you want to find out? Because you and your sister... What's her name? Majesty, she smiled. Could have a much better life. And I'm in a position to give you a better life, but I need to know first. What do I have to do? Will your sister consent to a test? Oh no, she said. She was considering telling him about her mother poisoning her with antifreeze. The only thing was, if he wasn't their father and she told him Harmony's evil secret, the plan could backfire in her face and Harmony might kill Majesty anyway. She had been seeing Majesty at school and could tell she wasn't sick anymore and now it's because she had been paying her off. But we're twins. Is there a way to just use my DNA? I'm not sure, but can you get some of her hair? off a brush maybe i don't want to just start the process and they tell me i don't have enough dna yeah i could probably get some of her hair she paused considering how it would be to have a real father if you are my father are you gonna be around Jaden asked hopefully like in my life and stuff i can show you better than i could tell you he said Jaden smiled but how are you do you need anything jace continued Remember what her mother said to always ask for more than what you want to get what you need? She said, yes, some money. Okay, how much? $1,500. He gave Kevin a look and reached into his pocket. Are you living here? Yeah, me and my mother got into it, she said, her head hanging low. I'm not going to be here long, though. How is Harmony? Jaden frowned a little. She's okay, I guess. Just mean and hateful. He didn't want to waste their time talking about her, so he said, Here's some money to tide you over. If you need something else, he wrote his number down in the pad in her room. Call me. Then he handed her $5,000. But get the hair from your sister for me, and I'm going to come back to check on you both. Okay. She smiled, looking at the wad of cash. All right, Jaden. I'll talk to you later. When he left, Jaden waited for Zion to get there. They went out and got something to eat and had a good time together. She was surprised at how much she liked being around him. She was having more fun with him than she was with Shaggy. They immediately fell for each other and couldn't deny it. When they got back to her room after hanging out, Shaggy was there. He didn't let them see him, but it fucked him up that Zion got with someone that he was keeping time with. And then he remembered. He never told anybody he was with her. Anger covered him when he thought about all he had done for her. If she wanted to fuck with Zion, so be it. But he decided he wasn't taking care of her anymore. He knew Zion's money was okay right now. But he had plans to cut him out the business. These folks are all petty and horrible. Nigga, you just said that you knew that nobody knew that you were even feeling her like that. That you didn't even speak on it. But you're going to cut him out the business. Then he'd be broke and Jaden would come running back to him. But he wouldn't clean her up so quickly this time, unless she came back begging on her knees. A new crew, Majesty. Majesty and her friend skipped school and were at her friend Wokey's house smoking weed, drinking and getting high. These days, Majesty was different. She was angry. She was violent. And she didn't care if she lived or died. And that made her extremely dangerous. 
Shortly after being suspended from school, she started feeling slightly better and wasn't sick anymore. With her newfound health and energy, she decided to be the menace she always wanted to be. Always? One thing she taught herself within a matter of days was how to shoplift big items. She stole everything from designer jeans to tennis shoes to food and liquor. Just like her mother, she had taken to the bottle, but she favored Hennessy. And with the person already on the edge, brown liquor did nothing but made her evil. On top of everything, she was the leader of a gang of five kids from her school who were outcasts like her. The five of them were already together, and after seeing how she stabbed trouble-making Tony, they brought her into their pack. The gang consisted of two girls and three boys. The boys' names were Kid Lightning, Wokey, Crazy K, and the girls' names were Glitter and Sugar. And with Mad's leadership, they called themselves the Mad Max. That's stupid as fuck. Majesty dropped the last part of her name and went by Mad, and anybody who failed to call her by her nickname had problems. Unlike being home with her mother, she felt love for life when she was around them, and as a gang, they made themselves stronger than ever. Why you mad, Kid Lightning asked. Kid Lightning had a honey-colored complexion. He was lanky with arms like twigs, but his outspoken behavior made him a favorite amongst the crew. No reason, she said, lying on the floor smoking. You sure? Crazy K persisted, because I felt like something was off too. Crazy K had feet as big as shovels and a permanent scowl on his face, but out of all of them, he was the nicest. She said she don't want to talk about it, Wokey added. Wokey was short, dark, and often more quiet than the rest. Why you always taking up for mad? She could take care of herself, Glitter interjected. They all gonna talk so she could describe what they all look like. Glitter had deep-set chocolate brown eyes and she wore her hair in braids. She always had weed and liquor, which made them love having her around even more. And over time, Glitter was quickly becoming Mad's girl. I said I'm fine. I don't know why y'all don't believe me. Stop lying, Sugar said. Sugar had a very small mouth and wore her hair in a curly ponytail. Large red glasses rested on the bridge of her nose and she had a squeaky voice. I know what it is. What is it, Mad asked. You saw Jaden, and you always get like that after you see her. Sugar was right. Mad was still stewing over the fact that her sister had come over to the house to give her mother some money and didn't bother speaking. Even though Mad told her that she wasn't her sister anymore, she was angry that she didn't at least try to reach out to her again. She wanted a relationship with her twin, but she had been hurt so much that she wanted to know that she wanted the same. Okay. What bugged her out the most was the fact that she swore she saw Jaden going into her room. When she asked her did she invade her privacy, Jaden said no, but Mad knew she was lying. So what did Jaden want? She couldn't be stealing because it was obvious she had more money than she did, judging by the designer label she wore. And then there was a relationship Jaden had with Harmony and money exchanging hands between them. Mad was full of suspicion of those around her, even her gang members. Y'all know we got to do something together to make our gang stronger, right? Matt suggested. It ain't enough for me to hear y'all say y'all got my back. I need y'all to prove it. I need y'all to murder my sister. I bet y'all that's what it's going to go to. What can we do? Glitter asked, kissing her in the mouth. The ultimate, baby. What's that? Wokey question. We need to do something that'll bind us together forever. Something that if anyone ever found out, we'd all go down for. The only thing I could think of that would bind us like that is murder, Glitter said. That's exactly what I'm thinking.
Who we gonna murder? Some random person? Crazy chaos. I got somebody in mind. But once we do this shit, we can never turn back, she said, looking upon her crew. Ever. Raw meat. Jace. I met Callie at the deli to see what he had to tell me. He seemed excited, and I hope he had news about Massive. When he pulled up in a minivan and his cousin Vaughn got out to open his door, I knew he had started his own thing, and this meeting was about to be about the money. I never fuck with Vaughn, and he knew it. Anthony let Callie inside alone after searching his pants. He had an extra bop to his walk, and I knew he was feeling himself. What's up, Jace? Callie said, walking in fully, revealing a hatchet on his back. You can't come in here with that, man, Anthony told him. Here, he said, handing it to him. Then he set a box on the table. Because today, ain't nothing more important than what's in that box right there, Callie said, pointing at it. What's that? I said. That's for you, he winked. I opened the box to see Master's mutilated head inside. Anthony and Kevin looked at me, and for the first time in a long time, I smiled. You really got this nigga, I said. I can't believe after all these years you put this nigga down. I told you. I don't know why you ain't believe me. I quickly got suspicious and said, How are you able to get to him so easily? What's up with that? I dedicated 24-7 to find this nigga, not the other way around. What do you mean? He wasn't looking for me, Jace. He was looking for you. It's easier to hunt somebody if you're not being hunted. I feel you. So when can I collect my money? What happened to you being a part of the crew? I said, fucking with him. Nah, I decided to start my own thing. No offense, but your way of leadership clashed with mine at times. Is that right? Yeah. Where are you laying your head at these days, Callie? I'm here and there and everywhere. I looked at him and thought about the gains he ran on me and how he fucked my girl and even to this day shacked up in her house. The thought of the kidnapped girl ran to my mind as well, and how we never found out what happened to Herb Dale and Sixth Sense, two niggas who couldn't stand him. Thinking of all that, I said, I'm not paying you. What? He said, leaning in closer to me. Kevin adjusted accordingly. I'm not paying you, nigga. After all the problems you caused me in my operation, you owe me this shit. You can't be serious, nigga. Very. Callie looked at me like he wanted to rip my throat out, and Kevin and Anthony closed in on him. I hope you realize what you're doing. You just had me get rid of a nigga who hunted you down all your life and traded him in for a worse one. Nigga, I'm the devil come to life. Are you sure you want to tell me you ain't going to give me my money? I ain't repeating myself. Now get the fuck out of my shop. I got you. He winked. Callie walked outside the deli, and we looked at each other through the window. I knew he was mad, but it wasn't until we exchanged silence glances that I knew how mad he really was. Really? When he walked off and got in the van, Kevin said, I'll never question your authority. Then don't start now, I said. I won't, but I just want to make sure you're ready for what's getting ready to go down. Even if I wasn't, it's too late to turn back now, ain't it? I said, looking at Kevin, then Anthony. This nigga's been obsessed with me since we were kids. Even if I did pay him, I wasn't going to get rid of him. So what's the plan, Kevin asked. He doesn't know I know where he rests his head. So I'm going to hit him where it hurts. And then what? And then I'm going to kill his ass before he can kill me. The sins of a mother. 
Harmony. I hadn't seen Callie and Cherry in a while and wouldn't have cared, except for the fact that they would come and go as they pleased and that made me nervous. I hated not knowing when they was going to be in my house. Were they gone for good or what? When I walked into my house after coming from the bar, something didn't feel right. My instincts told me to turn around, bright eyes, but I didn't go with them. Instead, I walked deeper into my house and was struck over the head by what I described as a two-by-four. When I looked up, I saw Majesty standing over me with five other kids. Majesty, what what are you doing? I asked, rubbing my head. Without answering me, she hit me again and I felt off balance. Pick her up and take her to the basement, she ordered. They drug me by my hair to the basement and the kids held on to me. I was in the middle of the floor, waiting on what would happen next. Majesty walked slowly down the steps and all I could see were her legs until her full body came into view. Although they held on to me, I was in so much pain I couldn't move anyway. Put her in the chair, Majesty said. Using duct tape, they taped me to the chair in the middle of the floor. Next to the chair was a table with a George Foreman grill, knife, two hats, an extension cord, refrigerator, and video camera. Majesty, please, I'm your mother. Plug up your camera, sugar, Majesty said, and Wokey, plug the grill up. A girl with red glasses placed a video camera on a tripod in front of me. And a dark-skinned short boy placed a grill at my feet, and I was fearful. When they were done setting up, Majesty took her baseball cap off and put a ski mask on. Then she stood next to me. Everybody else moved out of the camera's view. Then she placed a piece of tape over my mouth and a hat over my head. Hit record, sugar. I heard a small beat before Majesty spoke. I'm mad, and this is my whore-ass mother. She's a mother who has for every day of my life tortured me. And for the next 30 days, I'm going to torture her back before I kill her. I heard her walk in front of me before she grabbed my feet. Then she pressed it on the grill and they sizzled. That, that, that grill warmed up quick. I'm not even, I'm, I know, I just want to comment on that. That grills do not work that fast, like ever. The pain I felt was unbearable. She left my feet on the hot grill for five minutes, and I tried to scream, but the tape covered my mouth. Cut, she said. She took the hat off my head, and I saw the camera was off. Tears ran down my face, but she didn't care. This your mother? Sugar asked. Yes. But why would you want to do this to your mother? Wokey said. Do you think the fact this my mother makes me more or less loyal to the game? Majesty said. I'm killing the woman who brought me into this world to prove my loyalty to this gang. How many of you would do the same? The kids looked at each other, then at Majesty and back at me. When the decision was made to go further, they took me off the chair, stripped me naked and threw me to the ground. The tape still in my mouth. Wokey, you fuck her first, she said, and I want y'all two to fuck her next. What? Wokey said. The next time one of y'all questions me, I'm going to think our gang ain't as tight as it should be. Now I'm telling you to fuck her. She said, pointing down at me. They didn't argue anymore, and one by one, the boys climbed on top of me and raped me. I couldn't believe what was happening, and more than anything, I couldn't believe the hate in my daughter's eyes. For the first time ever, I realized what I had done to her. She was ruined, and I would have to suffer for it. Not too much, because I think you're telling this all to a fucking adult healthcare facility person. Like... That's what doesn't make any sense. We're not living in the now time with this book. Like, where the fuck are we? 
Where are we? Is this the past? Like, I don't know. The papers. Jaden. Zion took Jaden to Concord Manor because Jay said he had something to tell her. And he needed to see Majesty, too. Judging by the urgency in his voice, she knew it couldn't wait. He kept asking if Callie was there and that if he was, he would meet them someplace else. But she told him he wasn't. Jaden and Zion have been spending more time together since Shaggy decided he wasn't going to put her up in the hotel anymore. She ended up renting a room at Zion's aunt's house and it worked out better for her because she could save money. When Shaggy flipped out and told her she was on her own and gave her no reason, she knew then that she had to get her own paper. And together with passion and the girl she found hanging around the school without a cause, she started 13 Flavors, a babysitting service for kids with a special division for their lonely and horny fathers. She decided her mother was right about some things after all. Pussy made the world go round, and it was time she got with the program. Aren't you just now a straight virgin, like straight up? Like, what? You want me to wait out here for you? Zion asked Jaden as she grabbed her Louis Vuitton purse out of his car. I'm not going to be doing too much tonight, especially after, for whatever reason, Shaggy cut me off. Jaden sighed and said, do you think it has something to do with us? Do we know about us? They said Shaggy asked, but I know they're talking about Zion. So Zion asked, not that I know of, Jaden said. Plus, me and him were never together. He told me that shit over and over again. All right, well, I got some other shit going on anyway. You sure you don't want me to wait, though? Nah, I'm going to call you when I'm ready. You sure? Because I don't want you to call nobody else to do nothing for you. I know you're not talking about Shaggy. Yeah. Zion, were you not listening to me? Jaden giggled. I'm done with Shaggy, and he done with me. Just be by the phone when I call you, she said, giving him a kiss. I got you, ma. She got out and walked up to Conquer Manor's doors and knocked. The moment her knuckles hit the door, she noticed it was open. She waved to Zion, and he pulled off. Majesty, Jaden called her name. She closed the door behind herself. Harmony, no one answered. Majesty, I need to talk to you. Are you in here? She walked to the crawl space, hoping her sister wasn't inside. She wasn't. When Majesty didn't answer, she walked upstairs to her room and saw she had lots of tennis shoes lined up against the wall. And when she went to her closet, she saw about 10 pairs of new jeans, 20 new shirts, and 8 baseball caps. She smiled, thinking that maybe Harmony had done right by her daughter after all by buying new clothes. But where was Majesty? She saw her house keys on the dresser and knew she was inside somewhere. Majesty, she said, moving out of her room and towards the basement. Before she touched the basement door, Majesty appeared from inside with a New York Yankees baseball cap covering her eyes. Her jeans were baggy, and she looked more like a cute boy each day. Jaden heard some noise downstairs, but didn't know who was causing it. What's that noise downstairs, Jaden said, trying to walk down the steps. Is Mama here? Nah, that's the TV on, she said, closing the door behind her. Jaden followed Majesty into the foyer before Majesty threw her an evil glare. Where's Mama? She gone. Now what are you doing here, she asked. Why are you not posted up in the hotel with some nigga? I have something to tell you, Jaden said, grabbing her sister's hand. Majesty snatched her hand away. I'm sorry, sister. I'm, I'm not trying to invade your space. It's just that, well, Jace has something to tell us. I think it may be good, Majesty. 
Mad. What? I keep telling y'all not to call me Majesty anymore. I go by Mad now. I'm sorry. And who the fuck is Jace? Mama used to be with him back in the day. And I think, well, I think he might be our... Right before she finished her statement, Jace pulled up to the mansion and walked through the doors. He had Anthony and Kevin with him. Through the open doorway, they saw 10 vans parked in the driveway. Is Callie here? Jace asked Jaden. Nah, I don't think so. Is he? He asked Majesty. She shook her head no. Who are you? Majesty asked him. And what are you and all these vans doing in my house? You must be Majesty? Mad. I go by Mad now, she said looking at him. And then Kevin and Anthony were standing behind him. Now who are you and what you doing in my house? Jace looked at both of them sadly and dug in his pocket. Then he pulled out a little piece of paper and said, I have some news for you girls. It's the paternity test. Mad shot Jaden a dark glare. Don't be mad at Jaden, Jay said, spotting the look. I had her bring me some of your hair out your brush for a test. When was that? It was a while back. I came into your room real quick and left back out. I knew it, she said, rolling her eyes. You tried to say you weren't in my room when I asked you. Majesty, please, Jaden said. Mad, she yelled. I told you to call me mad. Girls, this is serious. Jay said, I have something to tell you, both of you. He unfolded the paper awkwardly in his hands and said, Jaden, I'm, I'm your father. Jaden was so excited about the news that she wrapped her arms around him. And even Majesty, for the first time in a long time, smiled. So you're our father, Majesty said with a tinge of excitement. So that means you're going to help us now, right? Suddenly, she wasn't so angry anymore. Jaden and Majesty hugged each other, but Jason seemed so excited. Then Majesty hugged Jason, he hugged her back. She didn't know what having a father meant for her, but at least she didn't have to go to life alone anymore. She had someone who she could tell wanted to be in her life, even though it was her first time meeting him. I'm going to do whatever I can for you girls, Jay said. But, Majesty, you're... You're not my, you're not my biological daughter. The smiles were wiped off the girls' faces. What are you talking about? You said Jaden's your daughter and we're twins, she corrected him. So I have to be your daughter too, she looked at Jaden. Right? Honey, you aren't my biological daughter. How is that possible? It don't make no sense, Mad said stomping around the foyer. She was upset and embarrassed that she had allowed herself to celebrate without hearing all the facts. Normally, she was more careful, but now she had gotten so caught up in the moment that she had lost her control. I didn't understand it either. But before coming over here, I talked to a doctor about it. He paused. When your mother was pregnant, she had a condition called hetero, hetero, heteropaternal superfundication. Kevin helped him. As always, he was with the doctor when he got the news. The fuck is hetero whatever the fuck, Majesty said. It's when your mother had different sexual partners at the same time. Majesty and Jane looked at each other. What? Majesty said confused. My fuck two niggas at the same time, Mad, she was a fucking slut. Majesty looked at everybody in the living room with wide eyes. Once again, her mother succeeded in making her feel like an outcast. She didn't want another father. She wanted the father her sister Jaden had. 
She wants them to be connected always. Do you know who my father is? Majesty said, wiping the last tear off her face. Yes. Jaden and Majesty looked at him, hanging on to his every word. Who is he? Jaden asked. Callie. Let's see if the math is mathing on that one, though. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense because he was in L.A. when that whole shit went down with her and Callie. So that... Fuck it. I just want this book to be over. I don't I don't give a fuck. I don't give a good goddamn. So Matt backed up from him and leaned against a pillar in the middle of the floor. How do you know Callie's my father? Majesty said as Jaden frowned. I had somebody pick up some of his hair from the barber shop. I sent it in with our hair just to make sure. From afar... Anyone looking at how angry Majesty was all the time and how dangerous Callie was could easily see the family resemblance. And the same thing rang true for Jaden. Already, it was evident that she and Jace were cut from the same cloth because they both went after the almighty dollar. That's why they're... Really? So, in that case, Bill Gates is my daddy. Because we both like computers and we're both about that money and helping people. I'm going to go file the case right now. You sound stupid. Donnie Simpson is my daddy because we both like music and we got pretty eyes. Usher's probably your kid's daddy, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know why I said that. I feel bad. Okay, let's get back at it. I want to be by myself, Majesty said evenly. Please leave. Majesty, we could take another test to be sure. Please leave, Mad whispered. I got you and your sister. You don't have to worry about shit. I'm not a fucking charity case, she screamed. You don't have to take care of me. Mad, will you come back downstairs? Wokey asked, coming out the basement, fixing his pants. Seeing everybody in the foyer, he said, Oh, I didn't know you had company. Go back downstairs, Wokey. I'm coming. Wokey walked back downstairs and Majesty said, please leave. Now, I need to be alone, my friends. Knowing there was nothing else they could say to her at the moment, Jason and Jaden left the mansion. When they were gone, Majesty walked down the stairs with the weight of the world on her shoulders. She dreamed of how hard she was going to make life for her mother over the next 30 days before she finally decided to take her life. Put her on the chair and tape her down, she ordered. Everyone jumped to take care of the chore, seeing the anger on Mad's face. Majesty stooped down in front of Harmony, grabbed the knife that was on the floor, and slid the tip of the blade up and down Harmony's inner thigh. The members of her gang didn't say a fucking word. Found out who my daddy is today, Mommy, she said angrily. She adjusted the baseball cap on her head and said, I guess the saying's true. Like father, like son. She lunged the knife slowly into her flesh, the same way Callie did many years before. Present day. Green Door, Adult Mental Health Clinic, Northwest, Washington, D.C. What happened to you next, Miss Christina Zom asked. Too much to tell you about. All I know is for 30 days I was tortured like you couldn't imagine. After the 30 days when all those people got killed? Yes. So what happened to your children after that? They took on the personalities of their fathers. In fact, they started spending more time with them. Majesty with Callie and Jaden with Jace. 
And then, oh my God. And then that's when all hell broke loose. We ain't going to know what that hell is because I'm not reading that next fucking book. Y'all want to read that book? Do it on your own. Don't tell me shit about it. I'm done with that shit. That shit was some motherfucking bullshit. That was some straight up bullshit. 916-633-1537. I just realized I should be really happy now because I'm fucking done with that book. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Spotify. It takes 13 seconds. Leave a review on Podchase. Leave a review on Good Pods. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know where you left it at so I can go check it out for myself. Voyeurism. That's my thing. Um... You could donate to the show on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash single simulcast. You can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. And on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. So fucking glad to be done with that book. I know exactly what book I'm reading next. It's going to be fucking fantastic. I know what book I'm reading after that, too. It's also going to be fucking fantastic. If you don't like that shit, I will go... Peace. Fucking hated that book. That shit was horrible. Nasty as fuck. Intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.